Thank you for joining us for the fifth Sunday of Epiphany 2022. This podcast will contain the scripture readings for today and also the sermon. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. The first reading is from Isaiah. In the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and say to the people, Keep listening but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people, and the land is utterly desolate, until the Lord sends everyone far away, and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Even if a tenth part remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terabith or an oak whose stump remains standing when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us say together Psalm Psalm 138. I will give thanks Thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name because of your love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing in the praise of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be 
He cares for the lowly. He perceives the high from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you make me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. The Lord will make good in his prayers for me. O Lord, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. A reading from 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain, for I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the, all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then, or, whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, so you have come to believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they got so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. 
from now on, you will be catching people. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. These are words Jesus told Peter in the story of the calling of the disciples. Wonderful thing about the story is, and I've always felt like this is a story is not just about the calling of Peter, James, and John, but it is a call to all of us to, to have a deeper faith put out into the deep waters. The story starts off, it says, one day, as if this is just a normal everyday occurrence, one day Jesus was trying to get a little space from the crowds, and we encounter Simon Peter. One of the things when we hear readings in church, it's helpful to remember that these readings are not just one little story at a time, but they're told in context of a larger biblical narrative. And so this is not the first time, in fact, that we have encountered Simon Peter. Now, 10 points to Gryffindor for anyone who knows the, la the first time we actually caught Simon Peter in the Gospel of Luke. It's probably not one you would think of, but it's a story you, you may have heard. The first time we hear of Simon, was one chapter before, not even a full chapter before, but the end of the last chapter, and it was the healing of his mother-in-law. And so this may be a little bit of a side note to the larger narrative, but this is an important side note, because it reminds us that this call does not just happen in a bubble. Jesus was at least known to Simon at this point. In fact, he was known well enough that Jesus has been in Simon's house and he's done something really great for Simon. He's not only known, but he, Jesus has shown grace to his family already. When we think about this as a church, we might think about this kind of idea in terms of, say, evangelism or stewardship or any way that we act as a church. And we should not simply ask someone anything without first building some trust. Now, of course, this gets a little bit complicated at times. Uh, trust, of course, is a two-way street. and You know, you can do all you can sometimes, and then the person has to reciprocate. But also, when we're talking about it in community, community is taking care of itself. And so building trust within community can be a little complicated. It's a little simpler when we're thinking outside of the church. We think outside the church, maybe inviting somebody in, but we can't do that without having talked to them, without knowing them. Otherwise, it's just, if you just walk up to somebody and, you know, knock on their door, hi, would you like to come to church with me? They'll probably do what? <laughs> right. But if you know somebody, you may have you know, you've interacted with them, they know you, they trust you, and then you invite them, well, that's a little different. Because then they know who you are. You've built some rapport with each other. Um, the problem 
problem is, a lot of times, I think the church likes to ask things of people without understanding them as a person. And so this is what Jesus has done. Jesus now has built a relationship with Simon. And then this brings us to the boat. Jesus is evading these crowds, and he comes across none other than the guy whose mother-in-law he just healed, Simon. And he asks Simon, gets in Simon's boat, and he asks him, just set off a little bit from shore so he could teach without being overwhelmed. And kind of just, I imagine this scene is probably, I've never been to this place, I know a number of people who have, but I imagine it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and so here are these fishermen who are probably used to not seeing a lot of people, and all of a sudden they're just, this crowd shows up, and this guy is just being surrounded, and so he just needs to, you know, get me about 20 feet offshore and I'll be fine. I can teach from there. Um, and it must have been quite a scene. Uh, but it, clearly this whole thing made an impression on Simon, not just because we know the whole story about Simon Peter, but even just because we know what happens later in the story. He finishes speaking, and he says to Simon, without missing a beat, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Simon may already have seen some amazing things from this guy, both the miracle and the teaching. But let's be honest, he's also tired. And you hear that. I mean, you cannot read that line without hearing a little exasperation in his voice. Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. You ever have those moments where you feel like you've worked and worked and worked and worked and you just can't quite get anything done? It's just that moment. So, you know, I'm sure Simon was a little bit like, yeah, sure, stick with your job and I'll stick with mine and, you know, mind your own business. But he had seen what this guy could do, and he had a moment of faith. And he says, yet, if you say so, I will let down those nets. And what happens next is amazing. He is overwhelmed with fish. In fact, he's so overwhelmed, he has to call friends in to get this catch hauled in. And even all the other boats are overwhelmed, and they have to barely can get it to shore. These boats full of fish. And Simon's reaction here is quite amazing. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. What an amazing moment. Because this is a moment of humility, realizing right now Simon Peter has realized he is with somebody who is divine. It's a reflection on that first reading of the calling of Isaiah. Isaiah, who has now just witnessed the presence of God in the temple. And I love this bit just to get a sense of how big God is in Isaiah. You know, you think about how big the temple must have been. And it says, the hem. Think about what a hem looks like. 
right? On the end here, the hem of his robe filled the temple. That little bit filled. So, so this is like pretty overwhelming, right? For Isaiah. And what does Isaiah say? He's kind of like Peter. Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, unlike Peter, Isaiah does not get some good news here. In fact, he's told, you got to share some bad news with your people. Sorry about that. But those moments of great humility are powerful. Being encountered with these moments of great power. And hopefully in our own faith lives, we have moments where we realize it is not by our own works, but by those of God that make a difference. And when we have those moments, we too can feel overwhelmed and have a moment of faith and know that we are weak and can do nothing without the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Now getting back to those Boats on the shore now. You notice Jesus does not acknowledge Simon's weakness. He doesn't say, yeah, Simon, you sure are sinful. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't acknowledge the sin. He doesn't acknowledge Simon's doubt about the, uh, about the catch. He just simply calls him to follow. Isn't that wonderful? You think about in your worst moments in your own life, and maybe the ones you're not proud of. And how does Jesus respond? Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Okay, side note here. I know a lot of you are expecting that you will be fishers of men line that we've all heard in the King James Version because we all like that. It sounds like a pun on fishermen. It's actually, this is probably more, NRSV is a little bit more accurate to the Greek there, um, just as a side note. But uh, people always mention that to me every time this reading comes up. So got to point that out. But after Simon had seen this, the healing of his mother-in-law, the teaching, the miracle of the catch, almost imagine he could do nothing else. And he left everything and followed Jesus. It's a really wonderful story about calling. I Also, just as a side note there, it doesn't say so in the Bible, but I have often imagined it doesn't give us a timeline. But that abundance that Jesus gives Simon at the end there, that catch, probably in a lot of ways, was what funded Peter's own ministry. We don't get this, but how else was he able to drop everything and pick up and leave? Because Jesus had provided. It's a really wonderful story about calling, but it's a story about self-assurance and faith. And I point these two out as separate because self-assurance tells us I can do everything on my own. You know, kind of like that, uh, I think it was from Kiss Me Kate, everything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you, right? That's a form of pride. And that self-assurance is not only a problem in the sort of just philosophical way, but it also is a problem because it puts the entire burden and an immense burden on us. 
It tells us, self-assurance tells us that we should be able to do what only the divine can do. And it can be a little frustrating. You remember movie Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey where at the end he realizes, oh yeah, this being God business is actually kind of hard and I can't do it. But the other side of that, this other side of self-assurance is faith. But not just any faith. It is faith to put out in deep waters. And what is the deep water that God is calling you to today? What is that deep water where you may be too afraid or too tired to go? Maybe it's actually giving a tithe of 10%. Maybe it's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the world without fear or shame. Maybe it is inviting somebody into your church community, or maybe it's something else. Maybe there's something else that God is tugging at your heart to put out into those deep waters. And this, friends, is the hard part about calling in faith because it challenges us to put ourselves aside. And it further challenges us to go all in, into those deep waters. Faith is not an amateur's game, but the good news is it's not a game that we play alone. Like with Simon, ultimately it is a game of gratitude, one where we have seen and known and been given love, great love, great grace and mercy. And what we have seen gives us the assurance that we can go deeper. Put out into deep water and let down your nets. If you wish to join St. John the Divine for one of our Sunday worship services, you can join us at 9 a.m. at our church at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. Or you can watch us on YouTube. Links below. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.